gentlemen. We have a special treat for you today. We have the one, the only. Welcome to the State Lines Network. Hey friends, welcome to episode 31 of Boldly Going. Boldly Going podcast with your host, me, Jason Sowell. Uh, having some great conversations with the creative, brilliant, inspirational people of the universe right here on planet Earth. I'm sure there are plenty of those people on some other planet in the universe, but we're only talking to the ones here on planet Earth. And today's episode is great, so good, uh, with my friend AJ Hurley. Uh, AJ is so fascinating, so deep, uh, really fun. Um, man, just... Uh, a much deeper thinker than I ever knew. And this episode really gets into a lot of different stuff. Uh, and he is, uh, he's a filmmaker. We talked about that in the, in the episode, uh, about how he should just call himself a filmmaker because that's what he's doing. Um, he's been in the, uh, the bar scene as a, as a mixologist, bartender, or whatever term you want to put on it. But more than just, a you know, old college bar somewhere, like really craft cocktail type places in the Tampa Bay area. Um, brilliant uh, at that kind of stuff. But ultimately, at his core, at his heart, who he is as a filmmaker. And he recently has uh, moved to Italy to pursue that dream, to make a film that's been on his brain for a few years. And we talk a lot about that in this episode. Um, just really, really smart, really creative, really thoughtful person and you're going to hear a lot of that in this episode. I'm really excited for you to hear that from him. Episode title today is something that he said in the episode about stare the universe in the face. And I put a dot 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 on the end of that because he makes that statement and then he um talks about what his uh what his feeling of the universe saying back to him or giving back to him as as you stare or he stares the universe in the face uh, when thinking about life and thinking about uh, pursuing something that you're passionate about. So really incredible uh, thoughts that he had about some things. He talked, uh, man, he just talked about all kinds of stuff. And we, we'll get into that. I won't jump into all that. But you can follow AJ and his progress and what he's doing in Italy and um, keep an eye out for his film that he's making. But you can follow him on Instagram at nooffswitch, no off switch, just uh, all one word exactly as it sounds. And uh, you can find him on Instagram there. Go follow him. Go check him out. And um, keep up with what he's doing because this guy is going to make a a big impact with his filmmaking uh, in the years to come. So follow him. Check him out. Really excited for you to hear this. Before we jump into the episode, always got to remind you that we are a part of the State Lines Podcast Network. Go to state-lines.com. Check out the the whole site there. There's articles. There's other podcasts. There's brilliant stuff there that you can find and um, just um, expand your knowledge, better your life, um, make yourself laugh. There's all kinds of stuff on the site there that you can check out. So please go check that out. You can also follow them on Instagram at uh, State Lines, on Twitter uh, at Tweet State Lines, and uh, communicate with us. You can also follow the podcast, the Boldly Going Podcast, on uh, Twitter and um, Instagram and Facebook. You can find us all all there uh, at The Boldly Going, The Boldly Going, T-H-E, Boldly Going. Uh, so go, please go follow us there. Go follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, uh, and find us on Facebook at The Boldly Going uh, or on Facebook, uh, Boldly Going Podcast. 
and uh, would love for you to do that. And then I always encourage you, please never forget, go into the world, do some good things, give back to your world, uh, find something that you're passionate about that you can really get behind to be charitable, to be giving, to be loving to the world because uh, that really changes your perspective. And that's something we talk about in this episode a little bit, the perspective of what the world is for you and what you can offer the world and what the world offers you back. Um, but I think it begins with you getting out and uh, finding something, some way that you can get back and help others uh, that are less fortunate. So please go do that. always encourage you to get involved in my organization to do that, uh, current initiatives. We have some uh, interesting stuff, stuff that we do. You can find us on uh, social media at Engage Current. You can go to our website, engagecurrent.org, learn more about us there. Uh, but it, find something in some way to give back. So please go do that. And uh, just make the world a better place. Make planet Earth better because you and I have the ability to do that um, if we give back in our own um, unique way. So please go do that. All right, here we go. We're going to jump into the episode uh, with the the ever-brilliant, which he doesn't like me to say about him because it's strong words, but I think it's true. The ever-brilliant, really creative A.J. Hurley. recording by the way so i'm just oh gonna, are you yeah 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 <laughs> so oh, great <laughs> you shouldn't have told me you that. didn't say anything you said you're naked uh <laughs> you shouldn't have told me that i would have been cool the rest uh, of the time oh, that's true we should have okay. just talked and then at the end i just said all right we're done cut <laughs> uh aj hurley on the on the podcast hey. today yeah thanks um, for having me yeah of course man i'm glad oh, there comes the cat <laughs> yeah and now i'm not was, looking yeah. at it i'm not acknowledging it What's up, Kitty? Hey, cat. What's the cat's name? Kitty. Really? Yeah. That's easy. Suddenly, she's... Hey, Kitty. She never... Weird, right? She never comes in and, like, checks things out. Well, maybe I'm that calming a presence. Could be. I I am that essential oil. (laughs) (laughs) I've embodied the essential oil. Oh, that's amazing. So, uh... I don't know. Not looking. Not looking. What's going on? Um, so AJ, uh, I don't even know what to how to explain what you do. I mean, yeah, you, you've been a mixologist, a bartender. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoa, she's getting like super close to you. I can't. Just let her. I'm a little nervous. Just let. No, should be, I be nervous? Nah. Okay. Just don't. Just don't make any sudden movements. Nope. Never. <laughs> I actually have never seen her. I'm not that quick. do this before with a. It's pretty good, right? On somebody, yeah. It's like it must be the fur on your face, Kitty. You think she'll like gnaw my face off it? <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> All right, we're back. We're back on track now. That the cat, the cat has uh, made its way, made her way off. I have literally, Man. like I said, I've never seen the cat do that before. So bizarre. Pretty cool. Um, again, I feel special. You should. Yep. Should. All so special. Um. Yeah, we? so we started. I started to explain who you are, what you do, but uh, local Tampa celebrity is what I like to call you. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> um, that's rough. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, tell tell everyone a little bit. I guess we'll jump into where you're going, but up to sure. now, like been a one of the mixologists at 
Flybar. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. That's, That's all I got. Know. That's all I know. That's where we met. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So there's a little bit before that, <laughs> considering I started at age 30. So there's a little bit before that. Um, but the way I got into bartending was um, at a high school. I took TV production my senior year and kind of fell in love with editing, post-production. Okay. Jazz. And we learned on, like... Uh, so you should be doing the settings on this thing now, man. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the audio world is... I'm a little... It's a little different, on. but... Uh, so we were, we were doing editing um, analog. So it was all, like, we would shoot on those big cameras with, with VHS tape. Then we'd plug them into the reel to reel and digitize. He did old and then school. Go from there, yeah. So I missed the film thing, you know, actually working with with film. Um, but it kind of felt that way because it was still analog in a, in a sense. Nowadays, it's all digital. All the all those nonlinear editing systems that are like you can do anything with everything and then go back to its original state. It's very simple. Yeah, but. So took TV production, fell in love with it, and then interned at the church I was attending at the time. And for about a year and a half, I would say, under Christy, her name was, she taught me what she knew, and then went from there. Taught myself. Okay. I didn't go to school for it. So I did the internship, and then went to USF for a couple of years, um, and just... You know, English, English major, just read and wrote a lot. <laughs> that's, Interesting. That's yeah. what you went to school for is English? Yeah. I didn't finish, but that's what I went for. Because the reason I did that uh, is because they didn't have a film program. They had, like, TV production and broadcasting, but okay. they didn't have film. And I didn't want to move away because I had a lot going on already. You know, my city. Like right. Thing. I didn't want to move away. And it costs a lot. Okay. Specialized schools, you know, yeah, the tremendous amount of money. I didn't want to accrue that type of debt, so I figured, all right, I've learned enough to try and do it to like get my feet wet. So I'll just tr- do my best to learn it on my own. So I watched a bunch of uh, tutorials. Uh, Linda, they're called L Y N D A. Okay, Linda dot com is subscribe to all their tutorials and learn Final Cut from there. Just did it on my own. Started a small production company called No Off Switch. Okay. Which came from my high school class. Oh, right. Me and my buddy that teamed up and did projects together, we called ourselves No Off Switch. <laughs> nice. So I continued the legacy of No Off Switch. Okay. Um, and uh, so, yes, just started to do it. Was fortunate enough that my buddy Adam, his dad, had a company, a wheel and tire company called mm-hmm. Ren Roll. You know it? What was it called? <laughs> Rent and Roll? Rent and Roll. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and he needed commercials. So kind of right place, right time. And we we started that early on, had the gear, and then did it for six years or so, seven mm-hmm. years, did these commercials, national commercials. We won a bunch of awards and stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Kind of ridiculous, but... That's kind of where we started, and a lot of like the projects paid for the next gear and the next gear, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So yeah. the more gear we had, the better gear we had, the bigger projects we could do, yada yada. So 
did that and then went to back to the church and worked for them for three years full time. So wow. learned enough. I did not know this. Learned time. enough, yeah. And uh, went back. They hired me. Like I had an actual job. <laughs> and then, and, uh, and then stopped that, went back on my own. I've been there ever since. Right? So then the bartending thing popped up and uh, kind of just wanted to change something different. Mm-hmm. It was like I've, you know, kind of been on my own for a long time. It was awesome, very fulfilling, but I just, I feel like I wanted to change. And uh, I've been a long time friend of Danny Guess's. Yep. He, uh, he and I have known each other since uh, since he was eight years old. So, little tyke, Danny. <laughs> Looks the same. <laughs> uh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, 21 I'm, years ago. He's got such a baby face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. He's uh, He just turned 30, so it's kind of cool, but we've known each other for a very long time. So, he was already, what, six years into, into Fly? Okay. Um, and... I was talking to him about it, and he said, well, I think we might have a barback spot open soon. So if you actually want that, if you're serious about it, let's get you in on it. Yeah. And it was funny because t- I'm friends with Taylor Collum as well. Mm-hmm. Very good friends with him. And they both were like, "I don't, we don't think you have it in you, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> man. <laughs> you know, being, being bros, like, I don't think you can do it. You're too weak. Wow. Sort of thing. Oh, man. I was like, you watch. You watch, bros. So, yeah. You know, and what's funny is I could see Taylor saying that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Danny seems too passive. Like, like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, he, well, the, them two together, though, game over. You get them so all riled up, them two together, a couple beers in them, they're like, they will say anything. That's hilarious. What's funny is they... Uh, yeah, I like some people may not know who they are, but like mm-hmm. the in bartending world in Tampa, they're yeah. uh I feel like they're the they're the uh famous like top Yeah. Like they're the most well known guys in the yeah. in the business in the Bay Area. They've they've been around, they started the whole like um alongside uh Dean Hurst and Cameron Muir, mm-hmm. that like tight little crew back in the day. They started the prohibition uh can't even think of the party. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> it's like a repeal day party repeal or something, day. right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. In a basement, you know, they did those like, hey, let's just do this. We can do this. We can get some some people behind us, some brands behind us. Mm-hmm. Get some booze. Let's do it. And they did it in the basement of the uh, that hotel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then it became a thing. It was huge. I came in on like the second or third year okay. of that party, but it was huge. And uh, now it's more like a conference. So it's oh weird, it's very different. Okay, back in the day it was just a party, but but yeah, so they were they were a part of that like core group of bartenders that were actually doing something right, fresh juice, real cocktails, proper like you know building, measuring right. everything. Let's do things right. Let's do things properly. Yeah, so. the the science part right. of bartending exactly. Like, yeah, well, well, yeah, what people call mixology and like <clears throat> what what that you know. How the the classics did it. How the the guys in late eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds did. Right. It. Yeah. So, which yeah. I love that that's I love that that's come back around. That that um, yeah is the way. It's fabulous. It's fabulous because you get your you know your gods in the game guys out in San Francisco and Denver and New York of course but they're like. 
basically embodiments of that classic nature. What mm. service really is, yeah. You know what service means in mm. the industry, and uh, what a proper you know how to build a proper cocktail. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily all about the drink, but what's behind that drink. And if you can make someone feel special and make them think it's the best cocktail in the world, just because mm-hmm. you've made them feel like it's they're the only one in the room, that kind of thing. Yeah. What so, a concept. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Gee. It's you a, know. Right. Exactly. Right. It's exactly how I feel but, when I go to most places that are customer service. They make me feel so yeah, special. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> no. Uh, no. I mean, no. You're absolutely wrong. <laughs> you're one in a million that's walking that room. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get you. It is. No, but I do. That is one thing that I love about, about that industry that they do bring that piece of it back. That it is a. Mm-hmm. And even in coffee world a little bit where with some like third wave coffee shops yep. that it's they're less concerned with how many customers can we get through the line in an hour than right. like you know and, and I can get like if you're impatient like standing there waiting while this bartender or this barista talks to yeah. this person forever and you just want to get your coffee and go but right um, but there is yeah there is something special about that because it does make you you know, I'm going to come back to this place. I feel Absolutely. important. Absolutely. Well, guys, um, guys like Kurt with Foundation and Joel, the commune, those guys have told me to my face that they are, they're tired of that revolving door and want people to sit in front of them. Yeah. They want that, like, you know, the thing Joel's building, it's a smaller bar, but it's just a bar and like people sit down. Mm-hmm. And that's it, and you can serve someone and talk to someone and right. explain what the, where the beans come from and all that. So, right. Um, I, I'm excited about that, like switch for them. Yeah, yeah that it's for sure. More about the service of the thing. Yeah, and not just here's a great cup of coffee, go home. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I think people definitely connect with experience over product anyway. You know. Oh, and absolutely. Like one of the you know the company Zappos. Yes, the, mm-hmm. that's one of one of their philosophies. Essentially, is like the customer service side of it is not like a, it's not a line item. It's the thing that we have to do mm-hmm. because we're a company. Right? They would say customer service is our company. Sure. You know, it's about the experience that they, that you have when you call and mm-hmm. you have to do whatever you need to do. Yeah. They're not trying to rush you off the phone. It's all about right. Because they look at it as like if you have a good experience, no matter how, what the product is, you're going to come back. Oh, absolutely. Right. Because now you're you were customer. treated properly. You were treated like a human. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right, enough about those guys. They're not important. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's true. Back to... <laughs> is this thing on? Back to... Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, okay, so obviously you uh, you beat the odds with Danny and Taylor because you... I did. You got in there. I did it and I did it right. <laughs> you did it right? I feel like I did it right. Um, yeah. It's... I mean, I had a lot of fun. I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. I did. I, I loved. I love people. I love hanging out. I love talking. I love hearing stories, and that being an essential part of uh, service was uh, was good. It was kind of natural for me. Mm-hmm. My my mother and father were always very, um, I guess, on stage, quite literally, and you know, just in their normal day, kind of just as a saying. But I was around a lot of people all the time. My family was like, you know, oh, the Hurleys are here. Mm -hmm. Oh, the Hurleys are... It's kind of a thing. So, um, 
I just like that. I, I was, I'm very much my father's son in that I love to make people happy, mm-hmm. to be around people that are happy, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that that side of bartending, I was like, yes, I love this. Yeah. Having regulars, like that's a huge thing. Having yeah. someone come to a bar because you're there, because it's your shift, was like, tremendous. Even if they just ordered a beer. It didn't, it didn't matter. They just wanted to see you and hang out with you. It was like... It's it's humbling, really. Yeah. Because um, you're just this ridiculous kid that <laughs> like sits back and makes drinks. But I was proud of it. I, I wanted the, the thing that I gave to people to be good and to be right, and I wanted to be proud of that product. Yeah. I wanted to be proud of the restaurant I was a part of. Proud of the team, especially. And I saw that in Danny. Okay. That was like a thing. Because, you know, again, knowing him for so long, I saw that in him. I saw the kind of like... Uh, effort he put into his craft Mm -hmm. and I feel like I did that with my production stuff yeah so those worlds kind of collided and I did a lot of production stuff within that world too which is kind of cool took a lot of photos did some stuff like that oh nice I was going to ask you think that that came from doing production so much because you almost as a doing production stuff like that you almost you're like borderline perfectionist to get Always tinkering to make it better. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the nature of, of production, you have all everything, your idea comes first, and then your writing and all the pre-production stuff and thinking about every shot, thinking about how, how best to um, use your time in that moment. Mm-hmm. Because with, with a lot of things professionally, you have a budget, and within that budget, you're allocated X amount of time. Right. So you have to adhere to that time and respect that because if you go, if you don't get everything in in your week period, then you don't get it. Then somebody has to find more money. And right. That's bad. That's bad business. Like right. You know. Um. So you had to kind of get used to that. Kind of like you know, taking control and so. So how did you? Is that what you wanted to do though? Production and and. Yeah. Film and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Okay. Um, that was, yeah, for sure. Uh, again, falling in love with that, the post-production side of things and editing. Um, I really did. I wanted to do that. It's hard, again, because I didn't go to school, so that sort of like ladder climbing mm-hmm. didn't really start for me, in a sense. So, to get to, like to Hollywood and to like move to LA and try and do it there and stuff was very like daunting for me. It was kind of it's like, I know it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to eventually like tell stories, like in either short format or long format. But I just wanted to tell them. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to be good enough that hopefully do it on my own independently, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like didn't necessarily want to do studio work or like Hollywood, and, but. Yeah, to do it on a real level. Mm-hmm. And finally, we'll get to it, but yeah, finally I'm at that place. Okay. Where I can... Yeah. Is it, so is that... That's part of the, the move? It is part to, of the move. Okay. So this is why I wanted... This is part of the reason I want to have you on the podcast. I yeah. wanted to talk to you guys, just you and some of those other guys anyway, just from the from the uh, mixology bartending side of things, because it's such a fascinating world mm-hmm. that, that is. Um but then I was even more intrigued when you told me you're moving to Italy. Yeah. Just, which to me was random. 
but I'm sure it's not random. It's not it's, random it's for not, you. It's not. Um, it's not random. <laughs> uh, but it, I feel like some people you go, wait, what? You've lived in Tampa your whole life and you're moving to yeah. Italy. All What's of a that about? Yeah. Yeah. What do you? Uh, are you? Did you commit a crime that you have to leave yep. the country for? That's you. <laughs> I've been excommunicated. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Exiled. So what are you moving to? What are you? So Italy. Yeah. Where in Italy? Right. Why are you going there? Your girlfriend's going with you, yep. which is yeah. also yeah, a huge. Coming. It is huge. It's a big deal. Um, she's kind of the reason why it's happening, though. Okay. And this is. I guess I'll I'll get to it. Hopefully, you're good at editing too. <laughs> like I might be all over the place on this one, but. As far as the history goes, my family's been visiting the town that we're going to be living in for 12 years now. Okay. So there's a history of going to Europe and visiting Europe. Very fortunate to be Mm -hmm. able to do that. But I was a junior in high school, right? So even before all the production stuff, right? Junior in high school, Mm -hmm. stupid kid, (laughs) giant Jinko jeans. (laughs) Oh, man. Black nails. Yeah. You know they're they're coming back, though. Are they? (laughs) Jinkos. I hope so. <laughs> um, but, yeah, my first my first trip was a junior, and it kind of changed my life in a sense of, like, simplicity and realizing how simple things can be and how happy mm-hmm. you can be with simplicity. Mm-hmm. Because Europeans, everything's smaller, unlike Texas. <laughs> it's quite <laughs> the opposite of Texas, where everything is very small, very family-oriented, very community-oriented. Mm-hmm. That's like their thing. That's what drives them. That's what thousands of years worth of civilization will do to you. Yeah. Like you learn stuff. Yeah. Um, and I fell in love with that. So I literally, like, down to me changing my wardrobe. Like, mm. I, so I started to wear all black. I started to, like, get a little more streamlined with things mm-hmm. and tried to make my life as simple as possible as a junior hire. <laughs> you know, like, or as a junior in high school. It's amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was our first trip. And then there was a few years gap, went back, and then was went every year for probably five years. Okay. Just, we fell in love with the place. It was very magical. It's a small town called Cortona. How old were you when you first went? Do you uh, remember what age? Like 17. Okay. 16 or 17. Okay. I think it was in the summer, so my birthday's in February, so I probably had already... Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so 17. And, um, where was I? So you go you oh, went yeah. back five, so six the trips, years. The trips in between. Um, my parents, there you go, um, had decided to pull the trigger on an apartment there. Okay. His, my dad's best friend, Albert... Um, who's an architect in town, um, wanted to purchase a farmhouse. He and his brother wanted to purchase a farmhouse. Okay. So they were in that whole mode, talking with realtors there, and them being so close, he was like, you guys got to try and, like, it's fairly cheap for what it is. It's like a place in Italy. Mm -hmm. It's cheap. So let's see what we can do. And my parents were in a okay enough spot, you know. They were very good with their money. My dad worked, like, three jobs my whole childhood and my mm-hmm. mom took care of us so they they um, were very diligent so they had an, you know s- enough money to like down payment and let's do this so mm-hmm. they pulled the trigger on the apartment and fast forward to now that's where we will be living that apartment that your parents yeah okay 
So it's kind of a family thing now. Okay. You know? <laughs> It'll be generational. <laughs> okay. But. So you've been going there for years. Mm-hmm. But what what makes the switch to, that's a great place to visit. Right. I'm going to be here around all the people that I love. Now I'm going to move there. So Leah, uh, who is my girlfriend, she, at like maybe a year ago, was getting a little antsy. Mm-hmm. Um, she was kind of done with the service scene. She mm-hmm. had been either... A, you know, hospitality basically, just yeah, in whatever mode she was in, hospitality for a long time, mm-hmm. and was kind of tired of it. So at one point, she um, she told me she's like, I I got to get out of here. I think I'm gonna go up to North Carolina, live with my aunt. And I was like, I don't. At this point, we were only like three months or four months into our relationship at this point. Okay, and it it was kind of breaking my heart because. I had found someone. I was taking a chance on someone, mm-hmm. and um, I was three years out of a divorce, and was very like. AJ skips right over that <laughs> early, in the early part of your story. I know. I know. It's like I don't know what, what, what do we want to talk about, but um, but yeah. So three years out of that, and was taking a chance. I I dug her and mm-hmm. I was very much into it. Very, very complimentary to my personality. She was. Okay. She was a very go get them, say what she's thinking sort of woman, and I love that. I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. So she was like, "I got I got to get out of here." I was like, "Please don't don't leave because <clears throat> I'm into this. I'm into this relationship. Don't." So she stayed basically for me. So. Fast forward a little bit to my sister got married two winters ago, and uh, as a family, we went with her to Italy. They went to Cortona for their honeymoon. Okay. So we followed, which is a little creepy, but <laughs> we're like, let's hang out with you on your honeymoon in this book. So I met them and was there for a total of four days, which is kind of brutal with that traveling time. It's not fun. Um, but while I was there, um, we took a trip down to the cemetery, which is um, only a few hundred meters. <laughs> I'm trying to talk Can you to translate that for the rest of the <laughs> everyone else? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> yeah, about 150 yards uh, away from town, just below the town. And we visited it, and I realized it was a perfect location for my short film. That I've wanted to make for a long time. Okay. Which the bulk of the piece is based in a cemetery. Okay. So I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, it's perfect. I could do it here. I could shoot here. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, so hey, if I shot here, it'd be cool to live here also <laughs> and make things a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So I went back to her and I said, I know this is crazy. <clears throat> it's not North Carolina. It's further. <laughs> so... Uh, what do you think about moving to Europe? I like how you put it. Hey, yeah. that's like a crazy idea. And it was, it's not North Carolina. <laughs> Sorry. But it'll... <laughs> I hope it's, it's okay. It's also. It's, <laughs> there's hills. It's Italy. But what do you think about Europe? And she was like, really? And I said, yeah. I think, you know, this is a dream I've always had of making this film. And this is a place that I would probably end up living anyway. So, 
why not? Let's do it. And we purchased our one-way tickets eight months ago or so. Okay. And that was it. So you've been, so you've known for eight months. Made the decision. Made yeah. Did you start telling people that right away? Or it was kind of an interesting. My my family were very close. My parents live up in Northdale. Mm-hmm. My sisters with them, and uh, we do family dinners a lot. Okay. And uh, Lee and I went over there one day after purchasing the tickets, maybe a few weeks after that, and uh, we said, "Hey, we got an announcement. We're gonna go. We bought tickets to go to Italy. We're we're gonna go. We're gonna go for." <laughs> and then they were like. And I said, but they are only one-way tickets. <clears throat> and there was, like, this weird, like, pause, and everybody's sort of letting it sink in and calculating what I had just said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were like, wait, 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 wait. My dad's like, you're doing it, aren't you? I was like, yeah. He's like, you're, you're going to be the one, huh? The one to, like, pull the trigger. Because it's always like, who's the first one to do it? Yeah. Because we all want to be there. Yeah. Of course. Who You know, we all want to be. That's such a massive thing that's Goliath like you can't just yeah pick up and move and then, you know. so but you can that would, I mean that's what you're apparently. doing yeah <laughs> apparently you put your I mean I've learned through this process for sure that I've told a few people this that if you if you kind of if that's the best way to put it but if you it's basically it's just like stare the universe hmm. in the face Mm-hmm. And you say, I know that I've been given either gifts or an opportunity or a fortune to be able to do this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going for it. I think that thing, that big thing, looks it back at you and says, okay, we'll make it happen. Yeah. I, I sincerely believe that that's what's happening. Because it's not just me wanting, like, I'm not escaping Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. leaving this country because of some mm-hmm. ridiculous notion or <laughs> cause or yeah. I'm I'm moving because I'm I'm fulfilling something that I feel is has been a gift that is given to me and I have to be diligent in fulfilling that gift. Yeah. I so <clears throat> I love that perspective because most I feel like most people would go, and by the way, the reason that they don't do whatever it is that they're passionate about is that they would look at exactly what you just said, staring the universe in the face. And the perspective is the universe is looking back at me going, yeah, try it. I'm going to, you're not going to do it kind of thing. Or the fact of. It is such a in in our minds whatever that thing is is such a big daunting thing. It is mm-hmm. like looking into the universe. Absolutely. Like it's so right. big, I can't. I'll never get there. Right. But I love your perspective of is that you feel you you see it as the universe looking back at you and go, okay, let's mm-hmm. do this. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's been too many experiences throughout my life, and I grew up I grew up in the church, and mm-hmm. I believe in in a, a thing. I believe in a bigger thing. Mm-hmm. However, you want to label. Label it, it's whatever. But for me, I was taught to find my own religion, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Um, find that thing that I can pursue with with happiness, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with joy. Um, and that was a big thing that my my parents instilled in me. So even as a kid, I, I had a, a 
I know, again, I'm going all the way back to, yeah. <laughs> I'm going back 33 years at this point. Um, but as a child, I was, I had an incident where I was playing with a drumstick. We always had instruments in the house. I was playing with a drumstick as a kid and uh, pretending it was a saxophone and fell on the drumstick and it impaled me basically through the roof of my mouth. The soft palate, it went through the soft palate and into my, and almost killed me. Oh my gosh. It almost hit my brainstem. So my my father rushed me to the hospital, and I don't remember it, of course, because my <laughs> yeah my brain has shut that memory down. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, but the, that sort of incident, I didn't, I don't take lightly. Mm-hmm. I still tell people that, and it, mm-hmm. you know, it's really only for me to to feel and to mm-hmm. hold. But I don't consider that a coincidence that I almost died and didn't. You know, so mm-hmm. there's there's been other things, but so I consider myself. Um, here for a reason, whether it's to do this film, I don't think solely because of that, but that is why I'm doing it and why I'm pursuing it and why I'm staring the universe in the face and saying, yeah, okay, let's do it. Yeah. So, signs. That's, yeah. I love that. But Shyamalan, a lot of people will knock me from, for this, but Shyamalan is one of my favorite directors. Oh, you the know, guy's signs incredible. And village and yeah. all that. Um, Sixth Sense, of course, is his big one, but um, that's why I loved Sign so much. Because there was that dichotomy, you know, that that conversation with Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix about which which one are you? Mm-hmm. You're, you're one of two, you know. You yeah. see it and you believe it as a sign, or you see it and you're like, all right, well, this is it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we're done. Yeah, kind of thing. Absolutely. So <clears throat> I think it. Well, and just and even the not to get too far off on. Shyamalan, but um, the just the simple title says so much. When you think it's about one thing, like because mm-hmm. it speaks to their signs in the in the cornfields, right? But at the end of the day, that's not what the movie's about. Exactly, exactly. It's a deeper sense of <clears throat> exactly that. What do you the perspective on whatever that sign, that incident, that mm-hmm. thing in life is? Right. What you do from that point, exactly, is all based on how you see that sign. Mm-hmm. Yep, his kid having mm-hmm. asthma, his girl leaving the glasses of water. It's you know it's kind of ridiculous. It's masked in a sort of playfulness, but at the end of the day, that's like you know he was a, Mel Gibson's character was a priest, mm-hmm. and then his wife died, and he pretty much denounced everything and was like, I don't want anything to do with this God thing anymore. Yeah, and then was kind of healed through that whole alien process. Yes, which is. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, crazy, ridiculous, but yeah, uh, and not to get too philosophical on that, but yeah. like I, it's such a bizarre. And you grew up in church, so you understand mm-hmm. this. Like the um, the, it's almost like this philosophy of when someone does that, like a tragedy happens like that, and right. walk away, from, walk away from God. Right. There's this uh, tangent of people, like I think again, depending on perspectives, mm-hmm. that they go. I can't believe you would walk away from God like that. The thing that was supposed to be the source of your comfort, right. blah, 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 right. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that same thing, in that same scenario, I look at, like, if that were a real scenario, which has happened, it's probably played out God sure. knows how many times mm-hmm. in the world. Um, I kind of look in the same way that you're saying the universe looking back at you going, yeah, yeah we can do that, that the universe, sorry, the universe, uh, I see it as like, well, if you really believe in God the way you say believe in God, then you should also believe and understand 
that God is big enough to take the fact that we're mad and walk away from him. Mm-hmm. In the way that a parent would sure. with a child, like, oh, yeah, I get it, you understand you're mad, but I know right. you're going to come back eventually because I'm still here, I'm still here. right? Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, moments, like I said, I've, 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 I went through a relationship and um, I learned a lot of like that um, personalization and uh, intimacy that God had for mm-hmm. me um, during that time. During mm. my the failing of that marriage that I had, um, and it was a it was a big deal. And joy was a very big part of my life. And I watched a uh, <laughs> turn on the TV uh, early on, like some sort of high school time. But was going through something ridiculous with a girl, and is just you know I was bummed, and you know yeah. And turn on the TV, and it was some sort of like weird like uh, TV preacher situations and I didn't change it for some reason was listening to it and mm. the line that came out of it was the world didn't give you your joy and the world can't take it away I was mm. like okay that's awesome because yeah. there's that thing happiness is pretty fleeting other things make you happy but joy is like a it's like that that soul thing yeah and that's not going anywhere yeah it's based on you know something, something that we can't something really bigger. yeah <laughs> so ah that's so true man yeah um but that's so brilliant um, man. Okay, yeah. so there's a lot there. Yeah, there is a lot there, <laughs> man. There's so much we can talk about on that. I love. It. So, um, all right. So earlier, one yeah. thing that stepped out stood out to me too is you when you were talking about moving. Mm-hmm. Your your thought was why not? Where most people would go, well, why should I do that? Or why? Right. Why would you do that? Why would you make that move? And you're why not? Mm-hmm. Well, the the Again, the move because the things went ha- came hand in hand. My my film project was the thing that was to be achieved, not necessarily the move. Mm-hmm. The move was like this is going to be kind of difficult and a little like uncomfortable because yeah. nobody likes to move and it's kind of a pain in the butt, especially out of the country. <laughs> There's a lot of things. Sure, that one. Yeah. Um, but this this film was what was propelling me. Mm. This was the fuel. Like, okay, I know that this is a destiny of sorts. Mm-hmm. So it just so happens I'm moving out of the country to do that thing to fulfill that. Yeah, prophecy. Yeah, sort of. So that was kind of it. That was like, so moving's not really that big a deal. But it's like, how am I going to achieve this thing? That's what was like. Yeah. Scaring me. Okay. So, but again, I made the decision. Um, I picked a direction and I swam towards that direction. Mm-hmm. And every step along the way so far with the with the project has gone, no pun intended, but swimmingly. <laughs> uh, it's gone very, very well. Yeah. And again, those like, it's like almost like thumbs up mm-hmm. from the universe. Yeah. It's going all right. Yeah. You're trying me, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna provide. I'm gonna come back at you. Man. It's weird. Yeah, it's crazy. But I don't. You know what though? I don't. I don't think it's crazy. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I think. I, again, it's perspectives, but sure. Um, sure. I think there is something about just deciding that you're gonna do whatever it is mm-hmm. and start moving mm-hmm. that way. Like when I first moved to Tampa, 17 years ago, I 
Um, and I grew up in church as well. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, the reason I moved here was to help start a church in in New Tampa. I was a pastor for you. I went to went to seminary, and I was really torn about moving away from my hometown to move here because sure. I didn't know what to do. And mm-hmm. I grew up in a church world that was uh, the the verbiage that was used about understanding God's will or whatever was like, you know, God will tell you what to do kind of thing. Almost, uh, sure. Like, okay. So what does that mean though? Like, I'm going to hear this audible voice tell me to do whatever. Absolutely. You know, um, and, uh, I remember being in the shower one day and I was really kind of torn over what, what should I do? Mm -hmm. And I remember just thinking in the shower one day, you know what? And I, I probably verbalized this in the shower to God saying, all right, listen, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go yeah. do it. And if that's not what you want me to do, then put up the roadblocks. Right. But otherwise, that's, I'm going to go do this. Mm-hmm. That's and, absolutely right. You know, 17 years later, go. here I am. And it was clearly what I was awesome. supposed to do. But I think there was, But immediately, as soon as I decided no, that's what I'm going to do, I had immediately, like, peace or whatever you want to call it. Like, sure. I was so calm about, okay, yeah, that's where I'm going. Yep. And all the pieces started coming together. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. That's I mean, I can attest to that sort of thing. Again, so the, all the all the steps that have gone um, in in preparation for that have gone really well, and so that's a that's a very comforting thing. That's a lot of peace that's happening. Yeah. So it's realizing that okay, maybe this is the right. <laughs> maybe yeah. this is the right thing. Man, um, that's awesome. So talk talk about what's. Tell me a little bit about the film. The film. Or yeah. what you can tell me. So, um, it's not exactly original. Okay. Which is fine by me. <laughs> but it's based on I'll a word. my mentor one time in my life said to me, the key to originality is how well you cover your sources. Yeah, there you go. Like, oh, Absolutely. That's so true. Absolutely. I mean, truly, there <clears throat> nothing really is new under the sun. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some some original things that are popping up every now and then, but... It's all based on something. Yeah. You know, back, real quick, back to that. I'll just share this with you. Yeah, go um, One of the things that uh, Chance the Rapper, uh, I super dig, mm-hmm. uh, only because, well, not only, but um, I'm a big gospel fan. Uh-huh. My, my parents were, like, super into gospel and funk and soul yeah. and stuff as it, in, yeah. when I was a kid. But he's based a lot in that. It's got Kirk Franklin on the album mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So uh, super into that. But he said that his grandmother prayed over him one day, and the, her prayer was, and I'll try and get this exactly right, but um, she said, God, don't let anything that is not of you succeed in Chance's life. Hmm. It was like kind of the opposite way of saying, like, let everything that is of you he succeeds in. I just like the right. way that was put, that don't let anything that's not of you Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, okay, I dig that. And he was, and the story is that he was like, as she was praying that, Chance says, oh man, I really love rap. I hope God's into rap. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great story. Uh, but I just love that you would say so that perspective of, yeah, yeah. Just let whatever it is be from you and of that, like, positive. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, well, um, I was going to. Pause on your story. Yeah. Uh, one thing that you made me think of earlier when you were talking about the universe, mm-hmm. about the, again, back to that perspective, is I feel like a lot of times it's the the negativity is uh, mm-hmm. and the negative pieces that come into play are our fault, not mm. 
call it the universe, Absolutely. call it sure. God, whatever. Yeah. Um, I completely agree. It's more. It's more us. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we are the influencers on that whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. We're like that. Solve for X. Yeah. <laughs> We're that whatever that thing is. We're the. Yeah. I'm not talking math now. That's. I really yeah. love math as a kid. Do you, Jerome? <laughs> oh, yeah, I love math. I hate math. <laughs> Terrible at it. But yes, go for it. Yeah, use some math analysis. Yeah, right. <laughs> I won't understand any of it, but I'm sure someone listening will. Yeah, someone. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> 23, 23. Yeah. No, I do think it's a... Uh, I think part of it is there are... You know, we kind of tell ourselves lies about certain things, but yeah. we believe those lies based on other things and you know perspectives could be the way you were raised and what you were told mm-hmm. growing up and all kinds sure. of different things yeah. um, so I love I love the the perspective you have and the philosophy of it being the opposite of that that mm-hmm. you're looking at it from the positive side of yeah, yeah the universe is for me the, mm-hmm. this bigger thing is for me wanting me to propel me forward yes. not yeah. fighting against me yep yeah. absolutely yeah um my, one of my father's best friends, you know, we call him Uncle Joe. He's not actually our uncle, but mm-hmm. he's that close a friend. But he is a tremendously positive spirit, mm-hmm. and everything. The, the birthday cards full of like ask about, ask of it, and just go for it. And mm-hmm. you know, you got to speak things, you got to say it, you got to do it. And he's the he's the coolest cat. That's he's awesome. super musician dude, like old school. He's a drummer and. You know, yeah. part of that world. So it's it's like translating that, like philosophy translating through a musician is quite interesting. But <laughs> oh yeah, he's such a cool dude. He was actually at the party at the going away party. Oh nice, yeah, he made it. That's so great. I but, think yeah, and that's one thing. That's one reason why I started this podcast is that I wanted I wanted more people to hear more positive stories mm-hmm. of people yeah. doing, you know, boldly going like right. yeah, I'm doing this thing and it's. Yeah, there are roadblocks. There, there are obstacles and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. it can be done. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm happy about that because <laughs> I'd be really upset if it, if it couldn't. Yeah. Um, so your film, yeah. So yeah. go ahead. So not original. You're gonna no. So it's based on a Wordsworth poem, okay. and was published late 1700s. Okay. Um, English poet. Uh, it's called We Are Seven. His poem. Okay. I have a working title for the film, um, O Death, and that, if you recognize that, is based on some, based on some scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I fell in love with the poem during some tough times at my, my, um, ex-wife's brother, uh, overdosed at 18 mm. and that was especially for her um, devastating but for me it was the first time I had been that close to that sort of situation mm. the deaths I had seen were of grandparents mm-hmm. so they weren't exactly yeah. like people that lived their life it. Yeah. It was like yeah these were these were older people and they lived wonderful lives so it's a celebration. This was not. Yeah. Um, and then soon after that, my best friend's son died of cancer 
at two and a half years old. So those two happenings were around the same time, and this poem came at that time as well. Okay. So spoke volumes to me. And it's about an older gentleman. I see him being late 60s. Um, upper class. Well-to-do, well-off. And a young girl, cottage girl, is the way he puts it in the poem. Um, so very much lower class. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's their discussion on death, mm. philosophically. And her viewpoint is very bright and energetic and very positive about the thing. Um, and it's called We Are Seven because she keeps reiterating that she and her siblings are a total of seven. Okay. And then his argument is that the two of them that have died are, you know, not with her anymore. And he's very negative about it. And so he says, no, you're five now because you've lost two. Mm. So then she argues, no, I still see them. I still hear them. I talk to them. I visit them. We're still seven. We are seven. So that was huge for me because I considered those two that I had lost still with me, Mm -hmm. you know. And that they're very much a part of my life and my story now, mm-hmm. huge part. And um, that was where that kind of came from. And wow. I fell in love with it and was like, I want to eventually make this thing into like a real deal, a real a film. And that was at least eight years ago. So all throughout that time, up until nine months ago, eight months ago. It had just been the idea that kept rearing its head. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you're yeah. supposed to do this. Basically, the universe going, hey, remember, you got to kind of want to do this, and you love this, so it means something to you. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, so I actually pulled the trigger on it, started to do it. But That's so great. That's where that comes from. Yeah. That's a great lesson, too, of... Um you know, the world, I feel like the world, especially in America, I don't know, the rest of the world may not be as much like this, but yeah. um, we're so conditioned to getting what we want right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that idea, Absolutely. the fact that that idea has been sitting with you for eight years. Yeah. Marinating in. Mm-hmm. Well, back to what we had said, I don't. I felt like I couldn't do it. Mm. I felt like it wasn't the right, the right time and I didn't have the right resources and I just couldn't do it. Like mm-hmm. at certain points, I felt like I wasn't good enough in my career as a filmmaker. Yeah, I put that in quotes because you know yeah. the accolades or anything that come with that. I don't, I'm not there yet, but you know, I didn't feel like I was prepared. So you know what though? I feel like if you if you make a thing, you're what you're. If you make a film, whether it be two minutes, five minutes, right, whatever, like. Right. You're a filmmaker. Yeah. It's the same thing yeah. to say about writing. Like, to be an author, write. True. Right, like, exactly. Just because you got it published doesn't mean you're not a... Or you didn't get it published doesn't mean you're right. not a writer. It's true. It's true. So I'm a filmmaker. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think you should own that. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Deal. Yeah, good. Right. All right, good. <laughs> Mirror on out. Good, you should. on Facebook. You should. I'm a filmmaker. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's really... That's, so. Man, that's awesome. So, um, how far along in that process are you? Have you written? 
Are yeah. you writing it, or you have someone writing, helping you write it, or what? We'll just yeah. So I took I took the <laughs> I, I am to be fair. After saying all that, I am certainly not a writer. <laughs> um, I am not the best with words. I must say. Um, I'm gonna, but I'm gonna pause you for a second because I feel like some people would just go, right? Well, it's already written. Well, it's a poem. Why right. do you need to write it? Yeah, exactly. Right. Not right. the same thing as writing a script. No. So the poem is sixty-three or four lines, and I had to elaborate on a lot of what the little girl talks about. Sure. She talks about her the deaths of her two siblings, mm-hmm. um, her older sister and her younger brother. So I had to take what she says as like my younger brother in the winter we lost. Due to so and so, so it's a very simple thing. She just kind of says it, and so I took that and said, "Okay, well, how do I want the brother to die? Mm-hmm. What's what's the way he dies? What makes the most sense in all this? How do I, in a very short amount of time, develop characters for the someone who's ever watching to care that that person's now dying? Right? Because if it's like you, you know, you don't care, right? Like, yes, yeah, they're okay, yeah, they're dying, but especially on film." Mm-hmm. Like if you hear a news story about somebody who's like, "Oh, that that sucks. That's <laughs> that's not very cool." Yeah, that's different. On film, <clears throat> you're you're being made to express. Yeah, you got to a reason. So <clears throat> I kind of had to elaborate and all that. So I took the poem, wrote what I could in a short story format. Kind of did it. It wasn't very good. <laughs> so. Um, my ex-wife, Mandy, is a pretty excellent writer. She took it and kind of made it more into a thing. Okay. Made it into an actual, like, that's, that's the story. Mm-hmm. And a real sort of written piece. And from that, I took it and converted it into script. So there was okay. a lot of changing that was happening. Yeah. Even from my original to what she wrote mm-hmm. and what she wrote to what... I then turned into a script. Mm-hmm. A lot of changing still. Um, so yeah, so then the script is done. Um, logistics as far as crew. I got I got all my crew, which is a lot of friends. Okay. Um, because it is very uh, low budget and independent, mm-hmm. um, a lot of my crew are doing it for... You know, a favor. Sure. Um, I am taking them to Italy, and they're staying in Italy. Yeah, well, I was going to say, are they, are they from here, and they're going to Italy? Yeah, yeah everyone's from here. That's I'm worth it. Casting and crew is all okay. here, and we're shipping everyone over, basically. Um, so the only the only two things that I'm still short on casting, and um, funding, I still need some, uh, some funding. So... Mm-hmm. Um, Everything else is pretty much settled. Everything's all... All the decisions have been made. Where we're renting from in Rome. Hmm. There's production houses in Rome that we're getting all the equipment from. Uh, So, yeah. Everything's pretty much a go. That's awesome. Yeah. How are you doing funding? Well, um, I have a few people privately that Mm -hmm. have always told me, like, if you're ever going to do something, let me know. And Mm -hmm. hopefully we can work it out. So... Those avenues I'm going down, so nothing's, no checks have been written, but um, I'm very confident in that happening. Gotcha. It may not. 
You may be talking to me in a week and you're still like, yeah, I need money. <laughs> all of a sudden, you see my some sort of crowdsourcing yeah. happening. Well, that's what I'm not doing. Yeah. But I, I might have to eventually get there. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to do that. But I mean, we'll I don't think anyone would shake their head at it. Like, you know, you know a lot of people, and I'm sure yeah. there's enough people that go, yeah, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll back that. Yeah. That would be cool. Um, yeah, I'm not beyond that. I feel bad for some reason doing that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, this is, you know, something that's... It, I, I'm not going to make money off it. Uh, this isn't yeah. for gain in any way. This is just because I feel like I have to do it. So Yeah. You know. Yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> I, yeah. Also, what a what a concept. Yeah, like doing doing a thing because right. it's, it, like it's in you. You right. have to get you have to get mm-hmm. it done. Yeah. Well, um, eventually, I want to be making movies. That sure. Make well, of course. <laughs> yeah. But for now, this yeah. is all about the heart. Yeah. About. But I'm also a big believer in that. Uh, you, d- the thing that you love and you produce, whatever quote unquote whatever mm-hmm. that is, looks like. Um, does not always necessarily need to be the thing that makes you money. Absolutely. It's great if it can be. Mm-hmm. But I also think that that's something Absolutely. that stops a lot of people from doing whatever it is that they love because mm-hmm. they feel like, well, I can't make money at it. So Yeah, of course. And I go, well, that's not the point. Right. And I mean, it, yes, you got to pay your bills and all that. So it's okay to work at Starbucks or whatever it is while right. you're doing that while thing. While you're doing it. Because... If it's in you and you've got to make it, then make it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I you, coming from a family of artists, that was very much a thing where you have to come to that realization that you might not be able to do this for a living. Mm-hmm. Like my mom is in is an artist and a painter, and she couldn't do it for the longest time. She's also a musician, so that's the way they made their money. Mm-hmm. They met in a band. My parents and nice actually made money that way but she was an artist at heart and like wanted to paint and you can't nowadays it's like impossible so she she was doing it recently she's doing it now nice now that all the kids are out of the <laughs> she got rid of she the kids to feed everybody <laughs> right so her so and my dad are actually like oh, I gotta make money to feed that right that kid is numb nuts again <laughs> <laughs> but they're both they're making their money on on their artistry now. That's awesome. Which is fascinating. I love it. I, they're they're my heroes, and they're they're doing it now. My dad's a photographer, and he's making money off of his photography, and he's he's still playing music. And so, dude, that's so great. Yeah, they're rad. My folks are cool. He's got some stories. I must. <laughs> I bet my father's got some crazy stories. But anyway, I bet another man. That's a, that's awesome. That's so great, man. I love it. So, um, so when you move there, you do the film. Yeah, you're the well. You're the idea. Stay there. You're not like moving there to make the film and then come back. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm the project won't start until December because the bulk of the piece again in the cemetery is in winter. Okay, so shooting in winter, a couple weeks in December, and then. A week in March for some of the spring flashbacks and stuff that she has. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then hopefully post production doesn't take all that long. I'll be editing, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it there, and that'll take maybe a few months with everything, scoring it and all that jazz, and 
I have a buddy that's going to score for me. So nice. It should be pretty rad. But That's awesome. Um, hopefully this time next year I'll be completed with it. And then I want to run like the festival circuit. Yeah. Submit it and hopefully get in on some festivals. And Dude, that's what I want to do. It. Hopefully that one person that needs to see it will see it. And then the rest will be history. Yeah. But the goal is to do that. Leah's going to go to school. Mm-hmm. She's going to go to fashion school. Okay. Up near Florence, which is pretty rad, you know. That's a fashion incredible. school in Italy. <laughs> no big deal. No. So she's going to do that. And uh, her program is three years minimum. Okay. And then an internship. So that's the goal for now, three to four years. And then planning on not coming back, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Yeah. So it's so not, awesome. not there somewhere else, right? It's, yeah. You know, she wants to go to Paris, which is... Of course... Yeah, which is awesome, but it's also a lot, you know, it's like moving from Tampa to New York City. It's a little different. Uh, yeah. Buy, oh. little, way more expensive. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. but hey. I have a good friend that, um, she was on the podcast as well early on. She's, uh, she just moved to Paris not too long ago. She's oh, going awesome. to school there, doing her killer grad school in Paris. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. For what? What's the <clears throat> Writing. Oh, really? Yeah. I think she's a... I can't... Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure she's a... Either journalism or English major or something like that. Okay, cool. But yeah, she's a... She's a writer. She's got... In fact, she's in Coffee World. She was... We had her on about... um, She had started an app and has this... Has like an Instagram and like a blog site called Caffeinated Travel. Oh, cool. And it was all centered around traveling, um, but pinpointed... In uh, cities around the world, like good quality mm-hmm. coffee shops in awesome. those places. Awesome. So, <clears throat> yeah, I need to get up on that. Huh? Yeah, she uh, she's on, she's got the market in Paris. So yeah, right. Deal. <clears throat> good yeah, in Paris. Yeah. So if you end up moving to Paris at some point, yeah, right. I'll I know about all the bars, all the together. good bars, but I don't know about the coffee. <clears throat> yeah, she's got it. She's got that scene down. So, um, dude, that's amazing. I'm yeah, I'm stoked for you. Thank you, I appreciate it. There's still again those those larger hurdles like casting is kind of a big thing in my brain, but I think it'll come. And then funding is always sort of that's a monster. Yeah, but I'm you know I I, re- I truly believe it's going to happen somehow. So yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to be you know I'm not going to not go or it not be made. Right. If I have to do it with my Sony, <laughs> then I'm going to do it with my Sony. <clears throat> Find some Italians that want to. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, I was going to say. I mean, you. There you go. Casting. So. You might end up. You never know. You yeah. might end up in a. It's true. Coffee All of a shop over there a, and like telling the story. And, yeah. Right. And then somebody will want to do it. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? I'm really not. I'm not opposed to anything happening. I think. I think it's all possible. It's weird, but. Yeah, yeah, that's so great, man. I'm down I'm, for anything. I'm really, I'm really stoked for you. I'm proud. I hate Thanks. that you're leaving Tampa, so we won't see you yeah. anymore. Yeah, but me too. Part of me, <clears throat> part of me doesn't like it either. But this, this because the city is exploding and it's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna leave. So, yeah. But then when I come back, when I visit, it'll, it'll be all be the better, completely different and better. And yeah, yeah. I'm excited for the city. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, man. Um, there's so much more we can talk about. I know. 
I definitely when the when it's all done, I definitely want to talk. Oh, absolutely! Have you back on again? And, oh, that'd be great. For uh, sure. And I'll be glad to come to Italy and, and do <laughs> and that. Record, and record it. Yeah. it. <laughs> Bring it. The place sleeps four comfortably. So come on in. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. Deal. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So um, man, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks oh, for yeah, telling your pleasure, story. Man. I'm I'm really excited for people to hear. Thank you. What you got going on? Yeah. Also, how can uh, obviously. You want to promote your film whenever that happens eventually. Yeah. Oh, death, the working title. Oh, death, right. Um, how can people follow you? Where can they find you? Um, I <clears> guess <throat> through Instagram and Facebook. <clears throat> Instagram is a little more specific to my, you know, it's a little more like curated, okay. so to speak. So, no off switch <clears throat> is my handle. At no off switch. Got it. Um, and then I'm on Facebook, AJ Hurley. Um, that's about it. I'll probably have some like Vimeo stuff that'll mm-hmm. happen. Um, we are we started a company for the film called Speak Friend. Okay, and that's a a geek reference. If anybody gets that, I'm not going to say what it's from, but <laughs> that's some sort of like uh, mid-century geekdom. Oh, okay. <laughs> I you got me. I don't anyone know. get yeah. <clears throat> it's a popular uh, book about a hobbit. I'll tell you that that much about it. So anyway, speak Whoa. friend. We'll Man, probably now I feel like a moron. No, it's okay. We'll probably, <laughs> it's a little out there. I never read those books though. So. Oh, oh my gosh! I've only seen the movies. I'm a huge. Oh man, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, huge fan. Yeah, book and movies. Books are great. I actually read the books in Italy for my first trip. Oh, nice. I've always had the philosophy: why ruin a good movie by reading the book? Right. It's. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's different. That's different than I. <laughs> Than I've heard. Actually. Yeah, I know. Well, I started saying that because people, I would go see like something like that, and people were like, you know, people that grew up reading the books. Like, I didn't for some reason. I people are always perplexed by this, but growing up, I never read most of what the typical children's books oh, people okay. would sure. like. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Um, those books, mm-hmm. uh, I never. I just never read any of those. Yeah. Like, I didn't read, uh, what's the, uh, oh, what's the one they just made, the wild, um, what, where the oh, wild, where things, the wild are? things are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I never read oh, that. Gosh. I never saw none of these when I was oh, a kid. Yeah. So. What a great movie. I will see the, like, I'll see the movies of these, and then I'll sure. hear these people that grew up with them, like, ah, <laughs> right. oh, it wasn't oh. the book, and blah, 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 right. and I'm like, they're like, you should read the book, and I'm like. I thought it was a great movie, so why? Yeah. You think the movie's terrible, so why would I ruin that by going and reading the book now? Right. Well, especially with Where the Wild Things Are, that was like a 20-some-odd page children's book, mm-hmm. which was cool. With Spike Jones, what he did with that was unbelievable. It was such a good vibe. Like, yeah. it was perfect. I don't know how he did it, but he just uh, he nailed the, the like that kid. Yeah. Like, that, that feeling of, like, a nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. An eight-year-old, nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. The emotion and just the audacity that a kid like that would have, and I don't know, he nailed it. He's one of my favorites too. Spike Jones is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I think it's funny people <clears throat> like you get. Look, I'm sure you understand. You you get this because you're making a film based off a poem. That's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like people go into movies thinking that they're going to be exactly, or that they should be exactly what. <clears throat> like it happens with. Christian movies all the time. Sure. Like that movie oh, yeah. Noah came out. Right. It's based on the right. story of Noah, which is like a chapter. Sure. 
Absolutely. There's, yeah, if they made the movie exactly the way whatever, right. take, except for like a huge novel. But right. you know, if they made the movie, it's either going to be one of two things. If they made it exactly that, it's either right. going to be five minutes right. long, <laughs> which would be and really boring, right. or yeah. uh, it's going to be like sixty hours long because yep. they can't. There's no way that you can. So no matter what you do, so you have to you have to edit it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Absolutely, there's always based on, it's always based on something. Yeah, Aronofsky <clears throat> is also one of my favorites. He's man, didn't know that was incredible. I, you know what? Incredible. We're going to talk about that off the air in a second because I love uh, most people I know don't really think it's a good movie, and I oh, am no. like the movie. There's so much brilliance mm-hmm. in that movie mm-hmm. to me. <clears throat> and I think some of it's unintended brilliance. Some of it, I think it's, um, it's like a, there's so many layers wrapped into this thing. Yeah, that. yeah. He he does that. <clears throat> All of his films are very much <clears throat> Black Swan and <clears throat> even <clears throat> The Wrestler. Pretty, oh yeah, that's right. Raw. I forgot he made this very raw. But I mean, uh, Requiem for a Dream was. Woo. Yeah, that film messed me up. Yeah, <laughs> my folks. Okay, so this was a bit of a shady moment on their, <laughs> on their part, on their parenting world part. But <laughs> they had watched it the night previous, and they were like, we think you're going to love this. The editing in this is, like, awesome, which it is. Okay. It's very, like, that sporadic, that those cuts yeah. that they make. I was like, like, you'd really enjoy this. So as, like, a 13-year... I don't know when the movie came out, but I, I remember being fairly young, mm-hmm. and for that... Them to show Probably me that and watch it on my own. Of like, what? <laughs> it's a movie about the, uh, the at its base level was about addiction. Yeah, and it's like you. What are you showing me? The <laughs> sexual addiction, <clears throat> drug addiction, like pills. Like, what? yeah, what the hell? It's awesome, but it scarred me. That movie was like, what? <laughs> of course, I fell in love with his movie making, but it's like, what a one to show me. Yeah. That's wow! Yeah, that's his. That's Thanks, mom. <laughs> Jeez, I say this anyway. about <clears throat> my. I to this day I hate horror movies. Yeah, I can't stand them. Yeah, I don't. It's a. Don't it's been a thing anymore. with friends for years of like trying to get me, like bribing me to go to, <laughs> oh. to all kinds of yeah. like what? scary things and stuff like that. Because right. uh, well, for some of them they just don't understand it. Like I won't even go to things like um, Halloween Horror Nights. Oh yeah, yeah. I've never hated. Never been to a- I don't. One year, I had a guy, a buddy of mine, for years. They've been trying to get me to go, and he's like, "Listen," and he hates tattoos, like for himself. Like he's oh. he's not against other people having tattoos, but he's like, yeah, he's like, no, would never. Yeah. And he like finally got to the point of like, "Listen, I'll get a tattoo if you go." Wow. And my <laughs> so my what? negotiation was all right, but I have to pick the tattoo and where it goes. No way. Yeah. Stop. And he said no. Oh, he said no. Yeah. Oh, I was going to do it. So, but no, um, but part of that is because Boom. as a kid, and my mom, when my mom denies this, swears up and down, she doesn't remember this, but I do. She would watch things like, uh, you know, like Dawn of the Dead or like these like mm-hmm. oh, old wow. horror movies. like, And she would just have them on because yeah. she loves scary movies. And as a kid, I'm like six years old, like in the living room, right. like, what is oh, it? My like... Hated him, and I'm like, and I'm like, but look back at as as an adult, like, uh, what? Yeah, why would my mom right. do that? So impressionable. Yeah, like you're just, she doesn't you're remember it, though. You're still right. developing in your, in your soul. So, 
But yeah, I don't. Um, so what other real quick? What other? What are your influences on on film? Oh, what are your boy. favorites? <clears throat> um, Aronofsky, Shyamalan is a big one. Um, of course, like I went through almost all of uh, Scorsese's filmography. Um, gosh, yeah, I think those are those are my major ones. I have yeah. like I'll think about uh, Spike Jones again, mm-hmm. stuff that he's done. Um, I saw I watched her recently for the first time uh, four or five that. months ago. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Who else? Gosh. A lot of the classics, like Fellini being a, 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 the Italian thing, the Italian yeah. connection. I mean, he's... A, a lot of directors will consider him their favorite director. Like, he was very much super out there and kind of wacky. Mm-hmm. Um, but revolutionized film and a lot of what that European filmmaking was all about. Yeah. Um so yeah, those are some of my some of my big influences. Okay. Yeah. But Awesome. Yeah. I got a joke for you. Lay it on me. <coughs> Lay it on me and we'll win with that. Yeah. Or actually I've got two things to ask you before. Oh, okay. Go ahead. You want me to say it now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, what's the difference between an Irish funeral and an Irish wedding? <laughs> hmm. Man. <laughs> there are so many things I can yeah. say. Uh, I don't know. There's one less drunk at the funeral. <laughs> I love that. Oh man, it's one of my good. That's one of my best. Oh, that's so true. So <laughs> that's that's a good one. I like it. Yeah. So there's uh. So I like to always end the podcast with two questions: one for you, and then one for the for the people listening. Oh yeah. So one for you is, um, you know, the whole idea of podcast is boldly going, pursuing your dream, like exactly what yeah. you're doing. You're right going on. after that thing that is in you that needs to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, and. My question to you is your in your opinion, is there do you feel like that, that is some that is something that everyone has the ability to do? To boldly go pursue their dream, chase after, go make the thing that they want to make. And why or why not? Um I I I do in a in a sense of it being applied to other something other than like an actual like physical going and creating a thing mm-hmm. so like if it's wanting to I know this is it's kind of out there but like wanting to finally speak to your mother the way you've wanted to mm. in a sense of like whether it's standing up for yourself or saying something that she needs to hear mm-hmm. that kind of thing mm-hmm. so in in a creative forum, no. I, I I don't think so. I think not everyone is made to spill something out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be a little harsh to say, but I do think everyone's been given a gift and something to do, whether it's speaking or, I mean, with numbers, mm-hmm. you know, and like in that and uh, that sort of traditional sense. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think it's what it is, is realizing what that thing is that makes you happy. Yeah. And then pursuing that thing. Yeah. Boldly, like, yeah, with, with the forceful nature, like doing it, like, yeah, passion, making it a passion. So, yeah, 
That's a great answer. I guess. Yeah, no, that that's great. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> Again, my sense. words. <clears throat> There's a little bit of a disconnect between my brain and my mouth sometimes. Yeah, so it's like. No, I get it. I totally understand what you're saying. That yeah, the, um, I think you're right. There's not uh, from a creative standpoint. Not everyone. I think they. If, is, I think they should in that world. If if you are if you are some sort of inclined in a creative sense, then yes, mm-hmm. you have been given. Like I said earlier, I've been given a a duty mm-hmm. to do that thing. Yeah, pursue it and develop it. Mm-hmm. I think that. Yeah, that's what I think. But that's great. No, I love that you encapsulize that too within the sense of just you know, almost in a sense of being a better version of yourself. Like I need to speak whatever right. I need to speak to that. Like yeah, precisely. yeah, I yeah, because even that to me can lead you to the discovery of what that joy is inside that mm-hmm. needs to come out yeah. in whatever form that is. Yeah, so yeah, that's a dude, brilliant answer. Love it. Well, thanks. Yeah. You so, you said the B word. So that's smart. tough. <laughs> uh, no, oh, I mean, it's brilliant. true. It applies. <laughs> it okay. applies. Um, so uh, to finish it out, the question is always to the audience. The last question um, you've heard, AJ's story, you've heard his story of uh, boldly going and pursuing um, the thing that's inside of him that needs to be made. And um, he talked, even uh, even alluded to facts of like, it doesn't have to be done right now. So my question to you is, what what is the one thing that you can do this week or this month to start that journey for yourself of whatever it is? If you need to speak what needs to be spoken to somebody or you need to um, create whatever the thing is you need to create, you don't have to do it all right this second. The whole thing doesn't have to happen right away, but what can you do to start down that path um, and moving in that direction? So take some inspiration from AJ and what he's doing. <laughs> so Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for being on. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. And go follow Thanks. go follow him on uh, Instagram and all that. And um, say that one day when he's famous, you heard him. Yeah, you heard him here. sick. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, thanks, man. Thanks You're for welcome. Time. Thank you. Awesome. Everybody's done. Friends <laughs> <laughs>